You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is time to win some money with the football cheat sheet here on the SB Nation NFL show. This is episode 16, a bit of a change to the lineup here as I am your host, Michael Kist, and we are here to help you dominate your friends in fantasy and win some bread during this week 16 of NFL action, which is championship week for so many of you. Very important stuff. Allow me to introduce my co-host. You know this troublemaker by now. She is Gina Kelly of the Falcoholic. Gina, happy holidays. How are you today? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I am doing excellent. And a new permanent fixture here on the football cheat sheet is the incredible Kate Majuk from DK Nation. You may have heard her here before. And if you did, you know that there's a reason that we had to bring her in for a more locked in role. And she's locked in today, ready to help you make some good decisions this weekend. Kate, Happy holidays. How are we doing? I'm doing so awesome. I I am in the the championship week for a couple of my leagues. So honestly, guys, I'm in the trenches here. I'm making these same decisions. I want to win my bread. Uh, We're making these decisions together. and, And I'm just hoping for some good luck all around. I'm hoping I was good this year and I'm going to have some good presence under the tree in my fantasy lineups. We're all focused on holidays and we appreciate Kate for joining us because she is on the road right right now. So she was doing her studying on the plane and in the car and everything like that. So she's locked in for championship week. And, and I will qualify right up top due to the holidays uh, that this is being recorded on Wednesday night. So we apologize if anything that we say here ages itself, whether it be the injuries or the lines, whatever the case may be, always double check when it comes to your money. Uh, but overall, we are thrilled to be able to bring you this show, even with the holiday disruption, and we hope you enjoy Enjoy it. And if you do, hook us up with a Christmas gift by going to Apple Podcasts. Leave five stars and a written review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, or just say you're following instructions. Uh, we really appreciate it. But enough of that. Let's get involved with this week 16 slate of NFL action. Today, we are going to sift through the waiver wire. We're going to pick some money lines. We're going to talk some sleepers and locks. And let's start with the top storylines from last week to see what they tell us about this week. And Kate, you had a note in the show notes here that had me cracking up. You said, quote, Drew Brees looks floppy, end quote. <laughs> and I think you're right to be concerned, even though the Saints did make uh, a game of it with the Chiefs and Brees did put up over 25 fantasy points in most leagues. Uh, but what did you see from the 41-year-old quarterback that might give some people some pause moving forward? You know, I, I think what we saw out of Drew Brees was just it was reminiscent of the same exact thing that we're seeing with the Pittsburgh Steelers doesn't have that same spark, doesn't have that same chemistry that I feel like we're we're just used to seeing Drew Brees so sharp, making sharp throws. And you know what? Now he's down Michael Thomas. Uh, now we have Traquan Smith, who uh, also has an ankle injury. I don't expect him to be active this week. It, it's essentially him, Alvin, and Jared hanging out for the week. And I do worry that this isn't the crew that you want to have together for what could presumably be Drew Brees' last season. I want to see how he fares this week with this 
cast of characters. Yeah, and Breeze goes up against the 12th ranked DVOA pass defense in the Minnesota Vikings next, and it really comes all down to like whether that arm can hold up, which it's having trouble uh, doing that this year, and if the Saints can continue to manufacture offense with shaky quarterback play uh, with a lot of that needing to come after the catch. So maybe Kamara should see a lot of opportunities. Moving on from that, Gina, one storyline that you're tracking is what's going on in the backfield in Dallas between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Uh, What's your view on that? Yeah, so Ezekiel Elliott was kind of a surprise scratch last week with a calf injury. And Tony Pollard came out and had just a phenomenal day, a two touchdown day, 69 rushing yards, 63 receiving yards. Zeke is having a little bit of a down year. Um, He's only at about 832 yards on the season, just five touchdowns, which is certainly not what you expect from, I mean, people who took him high in their season long drafts are expecting more out of him than that. And so I'm wondering, you know, if Zeke isn't 100%, is Tony Pollard a good option? If you look at the the trends in season-long fantasy, he is a guy that owners are really keeping an eye on. Um, He's one of the most searched players right now. He is one of the most added players right now. Um, In CBS, he has, uh, his ownership share has increased like 16%. Over the past week. And so um, if you need a running back and Tony Pollard is still out there in your league, you may want to grab him sooner rather than later, because with as much success as he had last week on the ground um, and the air with that versatility, I think that we could see more of him this week. Gina, he is available still in 47 percent of ESPN leagues. He is not even rostered. That is absolute madness, especially after. The, the week that we saw from him. I mean, the eyeball test, he passed it with flying colors. It looked like, you know, yeah. I, I think we we all got very comfortable blaming uh, the lack of production from Zeke on just the fact that they're in a bad offense. They don't have Dak. They're not the same team. They have bad defense. We, we concocted all of these really good reasons for why Zeke might not look like Zeke. But then Tony Pollard came out and he looked like Zeke. I really think when you when you look at his his stat lines, I think the one thing that stands out to me is nine targets, mm-hmm. six receptions, 63 yards. That's going to be extremely valuable uh, if that continues. I mean, again, this guy was a former wide receiver in college, so he's got the receiving chops. And if he sees an increased role in that to go along with the increased carries, I think he could really blow up. And, and to your guys' point, uh, definitely has, has showed more juice than Zeke has shown uh, this year and doesn't come with the same fumbling problems. Mm-hmm. And, and with uh, with Zeke, by the way, again, reminder, we are recording on Wednesday, but Zeke did say today that he thinks he's trending in the right direction to play this week. So make sure that you stay up to date with that if you are feeling lucky with the Dallas backfield. Keeping it in the NFC East, Kate, the other storyline from last week and coming from Bleeding Green Nation, I'm deeply familiar with it. Jalen Hurts has taken the reins for the Philadelphia Eagles against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he put on one heck of a statistical performance. What did you see from the rookie? Oh, I, I think Jalen Hurts. Again, let's talk about the eyeball test because I, I love talking stats. I love stats, but um, just watching that offense, he absolutely just injected that offense with energy and, and gusto. Jalen Hurts, you know, his, his mobility has been absolutely on point. Had a 300-yard passing game in, in just his second career start. We might really be seeing the changing of the guard, even though it doesn't make sense for the team, you know, from a financial perspective. You know, Carson Wentz, obviously he's not happy about the situation, but he's 
clearly been more vocal about that than maybe uh, he had been in the past. I, I just think it's so interesting. I want to see, you know, as he gets more comfortable with the passing offense, do we see the rushing production dip? Because if it doesn't, um, Jalen Hurts could absolutely be turning into a uh, a top 10 like dynasty quarterback just based on rushing volume and athleticism alone. So, Gina, I'll put you on the spot here. Check Gresham of DK Nation has Jalen Hurts as a top five quarterback play for week 16 Ooh. as the Eagles go up against the Dallas Cowboys. They are the 20th uh, pass defense, DVOA defense. They're 31st in points allowed on the season and have given up 30 points in three of their last four outings. So it could be a big one for Jalen Hurts. Do you agree with him that Hurts is a top five quarterback play for week 16? still a little bit iffy about putting him that high but I mean looking at the matchup and his performance last week uh, three passing touchdowns plus a rushing touchdown is absurd I am sad that I did not play him in DFS last week because I would have cleaned up um and so yeah I think that top five is probably a little bit high for me but I do like the matchup and I do think that he could have another really good day Kate, are you leaning on Hertz this week? I think he's actually a, a really nice play. I'm not willing to call top five. I'm not willing to do it just yet. Okay. But what I preach, uh, and this is just sort of my philosophy heading into fantasy football playoffs, heading into the championship, especially go big or go home. <laughs> and yes, you might go home. But if you don't have a, a top end quarterback like I would say the cutoff for me might be a Justin Herbert right now, who's been really outstanding in fantasy. If you don't have a guy that, you know, you sort of instantly slot in, I think he's a really nice pivot play. We saw the upside last week. Let's roll with it. Go big or go home. I like the attitude. So we have to we had to talk about my team, the Eagles, a little bit. Uh, Gina, let's talk about your team as we look at the top storylines coming into this week. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on in Atlanta that could impact uh, some fantasy values of their playmaking cores. Uh, what are you looking at there? I tell you what, the only interesting stuff going on in Atlanta is off the field stuff because <laughs> You know, they signed Todd Gurley, huge news last offseason, huge free agent acquisition, you know, went to UGA, a lot of, you know, crossover there between UGA fans and Falcons fans. People were so excited and he just hasn't looked like vintage Gurley, which I don't think anybody is too surprised. We saw how they had to limit his workload last year with the Rams because of the arthritis in his knee. Well, surprisingly, the Falcons announced this week that he is no longer the top back in Atlanta. And that is going to be Ito Smith. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've heard me mention Ito Smith, um, also known as The Judge. Uh, his name is not actually Ito, but when he was a baby, he looked like Judge Ito. And so that's what they started calling him. That's where the nickname came from. But he's really talented. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. Uh, he has pretty decent vision, you know, not... He's not, you know, like a top end running back from that perspective, but decent and, um, you know, good speed. He's small and he's pretty shifty. And so he can uh, he can work around defenses and make plays. So it, he's another guy that really um, is kind of burning up the waiver wire right now uh, on the heels of the girly news. And so I think that that's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. And then, uh, you know, the other skill, big skill position player news out of Atlanta is Julio Jones, who looks like he's still going to be sidelined this week with a hamstring injury. It's been, you know, nagging at him for several weeks. I personally am of the opinion that there is no point in playing him, risking further injury. And last week we saw Calvin Ridley just absolutely explode. Um, he had 163 receiving yards in the touchdown. And so 
Ridley obviously has had a little bit of time in Atlanta to develop his um, his rapport and his chemistry and timing with Matt Ryan, and it's starting to really pay off. And this week, you know, the Chiefs have had some um, some lapses in their pass coverage, and so I think that Calvin Ridley could take advantage of that. It's a little bit harder to pull off when you don't have defenses having to divert attention to help contain Julio. But still, I think that Calvin has shown that he can be a playmaker in his own right. And so the other guy, of course, is Russell Gage, who a couple of weeks ago had a passing touchdown, even though he's a wide receiver. And so he is a guy that's probably still going to be hanging around um, on a lot of, you know, in a lot of leagues on the waiver wire. So that's another one to keep an eye on because he by default slots into that number two spot for Atlanta. I really like that matchup with Calvin Ridley and Charverius Ward, uh, mm-hmm. obviously in favor of Ridley, who is an absolute king. Uh, I think he's really underrated. And, and you kind of, as we touch on like waiver wire pickups here, we, we've kind of touched up on a lot of them just to reiterate. Edo Smith, the running back, Russell Gage, the wide receiver, Tony Pollard over there in Dallas. That's a situation to track. You know, are you going big or going home with Jalen Hurts? As your quarterback, and I'll bug you for one more. Uh, there's a there's a running back that uh, situation that you alerted me to before uh, we started recording, Gina. But what is going on in Kansas City, and how are you kind of uh, playing that situation? Yes, so um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the rookie phenom in Kansas City, we saw him go down with what looked like a really brutal injury last week. Um, it turns out that it, all the x-rays came back negative, which is great news, especially for a team that's definitely playoff bound. Uh, it's looking like probably a high ankle sprain. That's one of the most brutal, you know, usually shorter term injuries, something that doesn't require surgery, but it's a really, really difficult injury to rehab. And if you are a running back and you rely on, you know, explosion and, you know, that kind of burst, it might be a while. So luckily for the Chiefs, I mean, it seemed like they were just, you know, (laughs) it was an embarrassment of wretches when they added Le'Veon Bell. Um, But now it looks like they're going to need him. And Le'Veon Bell is another one that's kind of, you know, been a a hot, uh, a hot one on the waiver wire. Uh, Last week, he was owned in 72% of CBS leagues. And this week, he's up to 85. So he's still kind of hanging around out there in some leagues. Um, and obviously that's just CBS. You should check your own. But yeah, I think that if you had Edwards Lair, I think that it's time to hopefully try to snag Le'Veon Bell. So we covered some top storylines from last week that are leaking into this week. We gave you some advice for some waiver wire pickups, some matchups to look for. We're going to continue with that on the other side of the break here. We're also going to get into some money line picks, some prop bets, uh, hits and misses from last week. We're going to give some sleepers and some locks. We're going to talk about who is in the doghouse that's coming up next here on the Football Cheat Sheet. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected 
And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We are back here on the Football Cheat Sheet, episode 16. Michael Kist here with Gina Kelly and Kate Majuk. Let's talk about some money lines that we really like this week. And Kate, I'll kick it to you first to pitch your couple. I've got I've got a risky one uh, that I like, but we're, we're going to go a little bit safer here. Well, maybe not, because I see that you kind of like the Steelers this week, <laughs> despite the slide that they are on. You know what? Okay, so as a Steelers fan, um, I, I feel like I can speak to this because this is something that has plagued me. Uh, it's been tough, but you know what? The Steelers play down to competition and this has been a perennial problem for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have to imagine that they've probably spent the last three weeks thinking about the Indianapolis Colts who by all accounts, even with Philip Rivers, I would say in spite of Philip Rivers, uh, they are getting it done. They have a, a top you know, five defense easily. Uh, they've established the run game finally. They're, they've unlocked Jonathan Taylor. And I do like the fact that this is a home matchup for the Steelers. I, I like the fact that Indy is going to have to travel. They won't be in a dome. Heinz Field isn't always the friendliest place, you know, as far as weather, keep an eye on that. But I, I just think that this is a team that has been embarrassed this is a very, it's a narrative-based money line pick. But I mean, look, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're leading the division. They haven't looked like that team in recent weeks. But I do believe that with some adjustments, they're going to be able to move the ball. They play better at home. Ben is always better at home. I think they have a shot. And the fact that they're plus 107, I absolutely love the fact that, that I can get my money back uh, on this bet. Because the Steelers have been so heavily favored uh, in pretty much every matchup this season leading up to next week or leading up to last week against that embarrassing uh, Cincinnati Bengals team. You, you mentioned the, the uh, weather there, and that is something to track because something that was attractive to me, but it's a little low, is the over under there, which right now, as we're looking at it today on Wednesday, is 44 and a half. And you mentioned the Colts defense. If the Colts get out on top, they're going to start running the ball. And it's up to the Steelers to start pushing the ball downfield because that cover two defense is going to cover a lot of that underneath stuff. And that's going to give the Steelers fit because they have not been able to push the ball down the field in recent weeks. Big Ben is going to have to show that he's he's got a little bit something left in the arm and can throw an accurate ball down the field. We talked about this a lot on the Wednesday on the Wednesday show, the probably unfair podcast talking about do you actually have a quarterback in, in Pittsburgh anymore? And what's the alternative? Because I mean, they can't turn to Mason Rudolph, for God's sake. So Ben has got to get his stuff together. And look, I came to the party with a uh, with a money line pick that I really like. It's a little bit riskier. 
and that is the the Bucks over the Lions at minus four hundred. I know that's a little steep, uh, but I prefer that over getting water coolered by a backdoor cover with the spread all the way at at nine and a half points with the Bucks as heavy favorites. The Lions have given up over forty points four times on defense this year. Matt Stafford is banged up to all heck. Kenny Galladay is looking like he's about to get shut down for the year. I don't really trust the Bucks a ton because they're so inconsistent, but this feels like they're just going to smash this dejected and beat-up Lions team. I love the matchups, by the way, between Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin going up against Amani Orarie, and I hope I said that right. Orarie? Yeah, that's it. Sure. First take, no problem. And Justin uh, Coleman, the cornerbacks there. Uh, and this is a Lions team that, that's also dealing with a bunch of injuries on the offensive line, including their their center, Frank Ragnow, dealing with his much talk about fractured throat. Um, and tackle Halapuli Vativaitai, he is in the concussion protocol. Ty- Tyrell Crosby, their lineman, is banged up too. I-, I think Chiefs-Falcons might be sneaky competitive, so I was kind of eyeing that one. The Chiefs have been on a, on a run of one-score games, so maybe you play the line there a bit. Uh, I am staying away from that minus 500 that they got going on there. Um, and I'm just going on with the Bucks with this one, which may sound insane, and it sounds even more crazy when I say it out loud, but I'm dug in now. Are any of you coming with me on this one? Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. No, nope, not me. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, would you Would you take the Chiefs money line, or would you Do you think the Falcons are going to make this strangely competitive? Um. Yeah, I think that the Falcons can cover. It's just that. So the Falcons are. I think that last week's game against the Bucks was, you know, a, really emblematic of how that team plays. Like they're really strong early on. They can put up a bunch of points. Um, maybe I'll maybe like most of those are field goals because the best player on the team is young Waku, the kicker, but um, yeah, then they fall apart in like the late third quarter into the fourth quarter. And and that's really where Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs shine. And so, yeah, I, the Falcons are definitely going to lose, but I think that they could cover in that one. It's 10 and a half. That's, that's a really attractive line. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I do like them. I like them to cover. Yeah. They could still get technically spanked mm-hmm. and still cover with, with, with 10 points there. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of eyeing that one. Uh, Kate, you had another game that you were eyeing for a money line bet. What you like? I'm, I'm going to take the Rams. They're currently sitting at uh plus one Oh six. Look, the, the Rams maybe uh have been a little inconsistent. We can say that. Um, but they are playing for a big week. I think this is going to be, you know, a, a crucial win for them uh, as they look to close out the season. The Seahawks have not been uh, the Seahawks of the first six weeks. Russell Wilson has not looked to be the same quarterback. Um, they their offense has just generally slowed down, um, and I think that's what that's what they had going for them. Right? They were never this um, bolsterous defense. They were not a shutdown defense. I think that the Rams have a, a pretty good shot at a uh against a Seattle Seahawks team that has slowed down offensively. That's their strength. Um, you know, play to their defense. Jalen Ramsey, they they've just got so many key defensive pieces that uh we've seen enough uh slow down these these stars. Even DK Metcalf, he's almost looked almost looked uh not totally matchup proof in the last couple of weeks. I, I really think that just defensively, this is a game that 
you know, I'm, I'm going to lean towards the Rams for. I like that for a lot of reasons, because you're also taking advantage of the fact that a lot of people have that Jets game in the back of their mind with the Rams. And I think that's just going to be proved to be an outlier, an aberration, you know, a wake up call for a Rams team that I think has a really good defense. I think they have the corners to match up with Darius Williams and Jalen Ramsey, you know, to kind of put the clamps on at the very least. I think the way that their their offense matches up with the Seattle defense really plays in their favor because I don't think Seattle is going to be able to put pressure on Jared Goff. If you are able to pressure Goff and you're able to rattle him, he turns into a pumpkin. I don't think Seattle is able to do that in this game. If you let Goff sit back there and deal and be comfortable, he will carve you up. He has the highest ceiling, lowest floor quarterback in the league, in my opinion. If he gets hot in this one, I think they take him down. And I think defenses have kind of figured out Seattle. They're playing a lot more too high, high coverages. I really like the Rams defensive coordinator, so I think that's a fantastic bet uh, on that one. Let's get to some uh, some other bets that we like here, because I know we were looking at some props and some over-unders before we started recording here. Uh, let's. I actually want to go back to the Steelers. Now that I know that, I, Kate, I did not know that you were a Steelers <laughs> fan, and I apologize for putting this prop bet up okay. there. But with the way that they're <laughs> the way that they're trending, the bet that I like is: Will the Steelers lose in the first round of the playoffs? And you are getting even odds right now, Kate. Where are you putting your money on that? I think the answer is yes. <laughs> they're probably losing. <laughs> The issue here, you know, even say you get, you know, the the coveted first round buy, I think we can agree that's out of the question. The further they fall in these standings, if they lose that top spot, I mean, one of the most interesting storylines of this week has to be the Browns. You know, like, look, they have a chance to literally overtake the AFC North, which is just bananas. The further the Steelers fall down in the, you know, the wild card race, if they're in those, you know, bottom two seeds, which it looks like that's a possibility at this point. I think they're going to have a tough time playing these top tier teams like Buffalo, like the Chiefs. Um, I, I just can't see them overcoming that obstacle in the first round. Gina, do you think that Kate is too close to it? Uh, and can't see clearly. Do you have more faith in the Steelers than she does right now? You know, it it's so hard to say because so much of their struggles the past few weeks hinge around Ben's play. I mean, you look at their receiver core and they're so talented. I mean, you know, three of the most talented receivers in the league. Um, you look at the ground game and it should be pretty unstoppable. You know, they've got a lot of really solid pieces on defense. So it, I think that it depends on a lot of things. It depends on their matchup in the first round of the playoffs. Um, yeah, all that kind of stuff. But the way that they've played the last few weeks since they lost to the Washington football team, I do not feel very confident in this Steelers team. I would have a hard time picking them. Um, you know, and it depends, like I said, what we see this week, what we see next week, what that matchup right. is going to be. But as of right now, like with the information that we have available to us, no. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I still think they could lose the AFC North. They could they could lose to the Colts. They could lose to the Browns. But it depends on how they look. Mm-hmm. If they put up points, right, and it's just kind of like a defensive matter, which, you know, tends to be – it's not as sticky week to week as as offense. If they're able to put up points, I, I think you start to change your mind a little bit. But we have to see more on offense from them. It needs to look like Ben is not completely broken when he tries to throw more than 10 yards down the field. So I think that's very important. We, but right now, I'm probably taking the even odds, and I'm going I'm going at yes. Uh, so that that's where my money would be going. Uh, Gino, one that you like, uh, first overall pick, the Jets – blew that 
they blew their tank, mm-hmm. forfeited their first overall pick. We'll call it that. Uh, right now, as the odds sit, to have the first overall pick, the Jags are at minus 500. The Jets are at plus 300. The Jags have the Bears and the Colts left on the schedule. Those look like losses. The Jets have the Browns and the Patriots on the schedule. Maybe they compete with the Patriots. I doubt it, but it looks like they're all going to just going to lose out. Are you going to stick with the Jags here with the yeah. uh, with the minus 500? Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Jags and I'm I'm looking to my friends at Big Cat Country. That is our Jaguar site at SB Nation and during their game this past week, they published their recap in the middle of the game saying, you know, hey, we lost again. And the game was not <laughs> over. Like even Jaguars fans cannot muster any confidence in this team. Um, and the Jets, you know, Sam Darnold's looking a little bit better. I mean, the Patriots are actually quite bad. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Stidham get some playing time, at which might shake things up. I mean, it might shake things up for the better. Cam hasn't been that good, but or good at all for <laughs> most of the season. But uh, yeah, so I still, my money's on the Jags. I mean, that that team is a mess. And I think that, you know, that's where Trevor Lawrence is probably looking at landing. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they both lose out. I think they're I think they're in this bet for a pretty doggone good reason. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because they, well, they stink. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how, what, what Joe Douglas does with that second overall pick. Of course, Zach Wilson from BYU is picking up a lot of steam as quarterback too. Some people still... Uh, sticking with Justin Fields, but that's for draft talk. And we're going to be doing draft talk here on the SB Nation NFL show throughout that period. So make sure you don't go anywhere at the end of the season. This Friday show is actually probably the show that'll get transitioned into more draft talk as we get into that type of stuff. So keep it here with us uh, after the season as well. But before we get out of here, we got a a couple more things to hit. I want to hit on some hits and some misses. I want some sleepers and some locks. Let's, Let's start with the hits and misses. And Gina, you hit on one, you missed on another. Tell us what those were last week. I, I actually played, this was in a different, it was a new format on DraftKings and it's a snake draft. And so you end up with three players, you know, each player can only be on one roster. It's like very different rules. So I, I took uh, Jarvis Landry and Kareem Hunt in that draft and I did win. I did win my little, you know, contest there. But yeah, Jarvis Landry was my hit. He ended up with 19.1 points. And then Kareem Hunt, who, you know, it, it's, uh, you're competing for carries with Nick Chubb, who's been so phenomenal this season. I'm not surprised, but Chubb wasn't available when I picked. So Kareem Hunt was my miss. He only had just over five points, um, which I guess wasn't terribly surprising, but it was a little bit disappointing. And Kate, what about you? What did you get wrong? What did you get right? How did it go for you last All week? Right. I actually, um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my hit of the week. I've been continuing to roll with David Montgomery. I've believed that these matchups have just been too juicy for him not to take advantage. Uh, just with the carry volume that he's been getting, he's had three games of 100 or more rushing yards in the last four weeks. That's monstrous. Uh, five rushing touchdowns. He's still involved in the passing game. And now he sees Jacksonville. He's going to continue to carry it. I'm really glad that I've stuck to my guns because when you talk about David Montgomery, there is always a, a little warning in the back of your head that says, this is not going to last. Get out before <laughs> you get burned. And you know what? I'm glad that that I didn't listen to that voice because it's always one of those aching uh, aching voices that will make you second guess all of your uh, roster decision making. My biggest uh, downfall of the week, I have to go with Keenan Allen. 
I was a big believer that I I thought, you know, he's active. We are going to see him uh, take on a a typical role within that offense. Only played 24 offensive snaps on the day. Uh, Started off the day with, you know, a nice 17-yard catch and then nothing. He closed out the game with that 17-yard catch. He killed me in, in a couple of leagues, knocked me out of my semifinals. That was rough. Um, I, I'm hoping that we will see him uh, a bit healthier this week. He continues to just be a, a PPR monster, having 10 or more targets in uh, four of the last five games that he's played. So I, I think Justin Herbert's going to continue to look for him. I am hoping that he has a nice bounce back week, but I was overly confident in his health. And that is my mistake. So I didn't have any misses last week, and you're just going to have to take my word for it. There's no audio record of it, so I can claim that. But let's go on to uh, some sleepers and some locks. And I know there's a lock that you like, Gina, that Kate just mentioned. Yes. Who is it? Um. Well, it is David Montgomery. I've been playing him pretty consistently in DFS, too. He's really been on tear here lately. And we've also talked about the Jags quite a bit uh, in this episode. And we have mentioned that they're terrible. So I do not want to be redundant, but I do think that he will run all over the Jaguars. I think that he is a cannot miss play this week. I like it. And what about your sleeper? My sleeper this week is Savon Ahmed with the Dolphins. Um, He's been playing really well here lately. He had 122 yards and a touchdown against the Patriots last week, which is really kind of why people are keeping an eye on him uh, in season-long waiver wire action. So over the past three weeks, he's had 85-plus yards and a touchdown in two of those games, which is, he appears to be trending in the right direction. So I really like his matchup this week also uh, with the Raiders. Um, I think that it's, it's a, he's going to be a pretty low cost guy if you're looking for him in DFS. So that's the guy that I'm going with as my sleeper. And I think that he will definitely make his way into my lineup this week. I'm going to, I'm going to go with a, with a lock. I'll, I'll, I'll participate in this. I don't necessarily sleeper, but I'm going to go with a lock. And just because I'm, I'm a Philly guy, I'm going to say that CeeDee Lamb, really makes the Eagles pay for not trading up to go get him because he has a cash matchup with Nikel Roby Coleman, who for years looked like a solid nickel corner, comes to Philadelphia, and like a lot of these defensive backs that come to Philadelphia just completely falls apart, having a rough season. The Eagles are so banged up on the back end. Rodney McLeod's out for the year. They're playing guys that, I, I mean, I have never had to have the roster tab open for the Eagles before. Like, you know the guys, you know their numbers. Every other week, there's somebody new playing in the doggone defensive secondary for the Eagles. And I think uh, CeeDee Lamb is going to feast on the Eagles. So that that is uh, that is my lock. Kate, what about you? Any any sleepers, uh, any locks that you really like this week? My lock of the week is Brandon Ayuk. If nice. you guys haven't noticed, he has officially made it into must-start territory. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen some buzz on Twitter, but I still don't think we're talking enough about Brandon Ayuk. Over his last five games active, he is on pace for 198 targets on a 16-game pace, 125 receptions, 1,450 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Mm. That is insane in the membrane. This rookie is absolutely balling out, and I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. Uh, Arizona, they haven't been uh, you know, a, necessarily a shutdown defense, but they've been allowing touchdowns, and Ayuk has you know, been getting touchdowns, uh, a score in four of the last five games. I think he is 
I don't know if you can find a safer option heading into your fantasy football final. So hasn't even been been started in in all leagues that I think he should be on the starting roster for. Um, I, I just think he's he's blossomed before our eyes, and I am so shocked to hear uh, or to not hear. I guess that I don't know. I why aren't more people talking about Brandon Ayuk? He's a stud. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he has actually. I think every single time I've put him in my DFS lineup this year, I have won money. And so I'm not saying that that's all on him. Obviously, that's my skill and my talent. No, I think it's all on him. <laughs> he obviously has something to do with it. I think that he is the common thread there. And he, I mean, he's just, he's a value play for the salary, for even your your regular fantasy leagues. I mean, there are, are players uh, like a Justin Jefferson, who uh, I would consider playing Brandon Ayuk over Justin Jefferson, which I don't think many people would would think of that as a viable play, but guys, he is absolutely a a pure stud muffin. For my sleeper of the week, I am going to go with my guy Marvin Jones. I didn't think that uh, I'd be saying that at this point in the year. I've pretty much given up on the Lions. Of course, everybody has. But in the absence of Kenny Galladay, who uh, I'm sure we won't expect back this week, He's actually been uh, pretty decent for fantasy, commanded 10 or more targets in four of his last six games. I think uh, he's going to benefit from that matchup against the Bucs, who have allowed plenty through the air. Uh, the Bucs have allowed four games of 130 more receiving yards since week 11. Wow. Yeah, I, I think this could be the, the game for Marvin Jones, and Marvin Jones might be on a lot of winning fantasy rosters this season. I'm just saying. You also want to keep an eye on that injury report for the Bucks too, because typically where Marvin Jones lines up is where Carlton Davis would line up, the talented young cornerback in Tampa Bay. He is dealing with a groin injury from what we know. Again, recording on Wednesday, did not participate with that groin injury in Wednesday's practice. If he doesn't go, oh, you definitely go after that. And even still, he's not going to be fully healthy. So I think that is a, an, an excellent pick there, Kate. All right, before we get out of here, Let's visit the doghouse. Gina, who really, really just ticked you off? Who grinded your gears uh, last week and let you down? You know, I'm very, I, I hate to do this because I was, I was really hoping Cam Newton would be good in New England. I mean, like only so good. I'm a Falcons fan. My husband is a Patriots fan, but I don't really wish him any success there. He's had enough. And so, um, but like, I just wanted Cam to be good because I like Cam and he has not been good. And I still had in my main season long, um, I still was pretty competitive, even though Cam was my really my only good option because my other quarterback in that league was Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and so <laughs> what I'm saying is don't take my season long draft advice. <laughs> only listen to me for DFS stuff. But uh, yeah, so I've got to put Cam in the doghouse. I mean, he's had a few games here and there, but only against like the league's worst defenses. Um, Seattle has a terrible passing defense. He put up decent numbers against them. You know, the Houston, I think he did well against them. Maybe one other game he you know, had like close to 300 yards, but in general, he's just been a real disappointment this season. And I did get knocked out of the playoffs because of it. So now Cam, I'm sorry, you've got to go back in the doghouse. I know I've put him in there multiple times this year, but at <laughs> least he's used to it. It's familiar surroundings. So if you have a take on the Cam situation, there is a prop bet out there. It says, will Cam start week one of the 2021 season? Uh, yes is at plus 150. No is at minus 200. So if you have a strong take, 
put some money in now to win some money later. But for now, we're just going to wish you some luck going into championship week. Uh, Gina, Kate, I think we did the thing. I thought it was a good time. Uh, Gina, mm -hmm. do you want to say goodbye to the gentle listeners? I do. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I would like to invite you to play DFS with us. Every week, I set up a contest on DraftKings. It's a standard lineup with a $50,000 salary cap. It's 10 people, $10 to buy in, and the top three payouts. So there's a decent chance to win some money. Um, because we have games starting on Friday, on Christmas Day this week, I'm going to go ahead and put that up on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Gina Thomas, J-E-A-N-N-A -N -N -A, Thomas. I'll tweet it there. Um, I invite you to come play along with us. Let me take your money. Be sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast platform and drop those fantasy DFS and gambling questions in the comments with a five-star review. We'll be sure to answer those on our next show. Thank you so much for joining us and be sure to join us again for Monday Football Monday where Pete Sweeney, RJ Ochoa, and our own Michael Kist will break down yep. all of Sunday's action. We'll catch you next time. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.